Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We're continuing in uh, Every Word, right? This year's theme, Every Word. And for that, why don't we go ahead and just declare together our uh, 2022 theme verse, Matthew 4, 4. People do not live by bread alone, but by Tell somebody I went to Sunday school. How about in Spanish? La gente no vive solo de pan, sino de cada palabra que sale. Oh, that was good. It, it, is, um, it is our goal and our commitment this year to... Beautiful, beautiful. Those of you going to Mexico with us over the summer are, are going to be ready. <laughs> At least you know one verse. At least you know how to share one verse. <laughs> if you're new around Encounter Church, starting in January, all together as a church family, we made a commitment to read through the Bible together. That's why every word. And we started reading the one-year Bible plan. And so uh, if you didn't know or you didn't start, hey, go ahead and get started. It's the one-year Bible, and I would encourage you, uh, again, uh, to continue to grow in your, um, in your understanding in the Word of God, your, in your life as a disciple of Jesus. Join a discipleship group and talk to someone after service out at the info bar or at the orange table, and we'll get you connected to a discipleship group. Cool? Man. I don't know about you, but my faith has been growing. Does anybody feel like your faith has been growing as we've been learning about faith? And, you know, for the most part, the whole first part of this year, um, we're now in already halfway through the third month of the year, and we've really been focusing on how faith works, right? Because who wants a faith that actually works, right? We don't want to have, have faith that's just sort of a, positive thinking or good vibes or I have faith and nothing happens, right? We want to have faith that actually works, that actually gets something done, that actually produces some results, right? So just briefly, let's review how faith works. It all starts with knowing and understanding the will of God, right? We can't just use our faith for whatever, True biblical faith is based on the will of God. Now, where do we find the will of God? In the word of God, in every word, right? All right. And then when we know the will of God, we actually have to ask for it, right? We have to ask. Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask, right? So it's not enough just to know the will of God. We have to now, when we ask, when we ask God, how should we ask? What should be our attitude when we ask God for his will? We know that he hears us and that he is able, right? We know that he hears us and we know 
that he is able. That's what his word says. So when we ask, we ask believing he's able. Now, if we know the will of God and we ask for it and we are confident, we know that he hears us and that he's able to do it. And the Bible says that when we ask, we believe we received. That when we ask, we're confident he hears us and that he'll do, that he'll, he'll do what we ask for, right? So if we believe that when we ask, he heard us, we believe he answered us, then what's the next thing we ought to do? Seek, right? We have to actually look for the answer. Sometimes God has given the answer, but we don't find it because we're not looking for it, right? We have to seek. And then we learned that when we know the will of God, we ask for it, we believe we receive it, we seek it like we're looking for it. We believe we found it, right? Once we believe we found it, what do we need to do? Knock, right? We have to be persistent. We have to be persistent. That's why the verse says keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking, right? We have to be persistent. Now, today, uh, but th then actually, hold on just a second. What was that acronym? The silly acronym? WASK. So we don't just ask. We WASK. Ask somebody, you been WASKing? I didn't say waxing. I said WASKing. You been WASKing? Stands for will, ask, seek, knock, right? Just remember, how faith works is I ask according to the will. So W, ask, right? Wask. We ask, we seek, we knock according to the will of God. Now, then, uh, Pastor RJ taught us about, he said it's not about the miracle, right? We learned that. We don't, what we really need is not a miracle. What we really need is faith because who's the only one who can do a miracle? God. Only God can do miracles, but only we can walk in faith. So instead of waiting for miracles, God wants us to walk in faith, right? And then last Sunday, I shared with you that faith does what to God? It moves, it activates God, and all of that, what does it do to God? It pleases Him. It, it makes Him happy. It makes Him smile. Faith pleases God, right? Now today, I, we're going to get into a subject that I did not plan. Seems like I'm saying that a lot lately. We didn't plan to do a, this is six weeks now on faith, right? I thought it was just a message. And I know that there's at least another one next Sunday. Maybe seven will be complete. We'll see, right? But today, this is message number six on faith, on how faith works. And I really didn't expect to teach this because I had actually really never made this connection very well that we're going to take a look at uh, today. And, you know, actually, this came from... Our one-year Bible reading plan, 
Uh, if you're reading through the one-year Bible, not long ago, a few days ago, we finished the Gospel of Mark. Now we've moved into Luke, right? And as we were reading through Mark, I came across this, and it was like, you know, have you, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just didn't expect something to be thrown at you, and you were like, wait, what? Right? Has that ever happened to you when you're reading the Bible? You go, wait, what? Like, I was almost like a curveball, Jesus. That's how it felt to me when I read this. I've read it, I'd probably read it 50 times before. But all of a sudden it was like, wait, did you actually put those two things together? And they say, what are you talking about? Hold on. <laughs> I want to ask you a question first. Have you ever really needed to get somewhere but you didn't check the GPS. Hold on. Have you ever really, really needed to get somewhere, but you'd, you forgot to ask Siri, and then there was a traffic jam that you could have avoided, but now you didn't make it, or you didn't make it on time? And if you've gotten mad with Siri, Siri's fault you didn't ask her I have several times I know I found myself in that situation where it's like I know how to get there I don't need the silly GPS to tell me how to get to the mall but the the, the store closes in 30 minutes it's fine I got I'll have 20 minutes when I get there and then all of a sudden and you ain't going nowhere there's no way forward, there's no way back, there's no left, there's no right, there's no way out. You're just stuck, right? You're just stuck. And as hard as, listen, as much as you want to get there, you're not going to get there, right? Or you're going to get there too late. Have you ever felt like that in your faith? Have you ever felt like you really, really want to get something done with your faith, but it's just like something's stuck. There's a jam. There's something in the way. Maybe you felt like that in your relationship with God. I know I have felt like that before in my own relationship with God. Like I really, really uh, want to, you know, be thriving and growing in my relationship with God, but there's something that seems to be just kind of like in the way. There's a blockage. It's pretty important to, to figure out what that is. Because sometimes, have you ever felt that way and you, you can't quite put your finger on it? It's like, something's wrong here and I don't know what it is. It's like my faith isn't working. <laughs> right? So when I read this, this is, how, this, this is what jumped out at me. Faith and forgiveness are absolutely inseparable. Faith and forgiveness. Say faith and forgiveness. That's what we're going to take a look at today. Faith and forgiveness. Let's go now to Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verses 12 through 25. And I, would, uh, I, I just want to uh, prepare you. Brace yourself for verse 25. Okay? Brace, brace yourself for verse 25. The, the, first, the first verses are easy. Verse 25 is where it gets good. 
The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. and He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And Jesus said to the tree. Jesus did what to the tree? You mean he talked to a tree? Yes, he did. We got to learn to talk to our situations, y'all. That's another whole message. Faith talks, right? Okay. But sometimes we have to talk to the situation. And Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Poor little tree. Right? I mean, poor little tree. It says it wasn't even fig season. And here's Jesus saying, you've never given anything again. Now, we don't have time to go into the theological implications of why Jesus cursed the little poor fig tree that it wasn't even the season for. But he was actually revealing something about Jerusalem. All right? Take a look into it. But... He said, his, it says his disciples heard him say it, okay? And when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animal sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers uh, and the chairs of those selling doves. He stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. Come on, Jesus was on a roll today. He was not playing, Okay. You know, sometimes we see Jesus walking slowly through the crowds and, you know, gently blessing the children. And sometimes we see Jesus knocking tables over and cursing poor little trees. Okay? By the way, that is no excuse for you to ever knock a table over. All right. If you did it for his reason, that's another. All right. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple would be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you've turned it into a den of thieves. You've just turned it into something financially lucrative. Right? He wasn't saying money wasn't important. He was saying it wasn't the point. Right? They had literally taken advantage of people's worship to try to make money. Message not, has nothing to do with that, by the way. Okay. When the, the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning on how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the poor little old fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. How many of you know that don't happen in a day? From the roots up, the whole thing was just dead. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree. The previous day, and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And Jesus said to the disciples, have what? Have what? Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, not just a little old tree, this mountain, this way bigger issue, okay? May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can, come on, we're getting into our practicing our faith, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be. We've talked about this, but let me just say it again. When we pray, 
We don't believe God one day will do it. When we pray, when we ask, we believe he did it, right? We believe he heard us. We believe he did it. It will be ours because he already did it, right? So we better go looking for it. Yes? We better go seeking and knocking. But if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. That's how faith works. We get tomorrow what we already received today. That'll hit some of us later. By faith, I receive today what I'll get tomorrow. I don't wait to receive it tomorrow in my heart, in my spirit, in my faith. I received it already. But I'll get it tomorrow. Right? One slide back. Sorry, guys. You can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But what? Come on, everybody say, but first. But first. It says, but when you're praying first. Come on, say, but first. First what? First forgive. Wait, what? What in the world does that have to do with anything? First, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Period. End of sentence. End of Jesus. Red words. End of paragraph. End of progressive train of thought. The fig tree and the power of faith and moving mountains and receiving anything in prayer. But first, forgive. Whoa. I literally went, Lord, did you mean to put that there? Like, I understand we need to forgive, but why is it that after all that faith stuff, you end it by saying, but first, forgive. Faith and forgiveness Forgiveness is part of how faith works. Okay? Forgiveness is part of how faith works. And I believe today, I believe today, many of us are going to be set free from our faith traffic jam. I believe many of us are going to receive freedom from the blockage that's in our faith. I believe some of us are going to walk out of here this week and you're going to say my faith wasn't working very well last week, but for some reason, it's working now. we got to get rid of the blockage. Why? Okay, I'm just going to give you two main points with this today. Number one, okay? Unforgiveness undermines faith. See, true faith, true faith is directly connected to our personal relationship with God and with other people. The Bible kind of faith is, you you can't get past this. There's no shortcut around this. Okay? It's the straight and narrow way. Real, true Bible faith is directly connected to our relationship with God 
and with people. And with people, with others. We could say that the level of our faith will reflect the level of our forgiveness. Oh, we better say that again. The level of our faith will reflect. It's like a mirror, okay? It's like a mirror. How much I'm able to forgive is how much faith I'm going to be able to walk in. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to really forgive everybody every time, all the time. Even those people. Come on, you know who those people are. The level of our faith will reflect the level of our forgiveness. Now listen, number one, unforgiveness undermines faith. And what I want to try to do is take us through two trains of thought, right? You know what a train of thought is, right? Like a train. Two, one, after the next, after the next. And then we finally get to the caboose and the train can go, right? All right, so I'm going to take you through two trains of thought. The first one is this one, unforgiveness undermines. Everybody say, unforgiveness, unforgiveness. undermines. Un-un, right? Unforgiveness undermines our faith. We could say, another way to say this is unforgiveness weakens our faith. Another way to say this is unforgiveness blocks our faith. Holding grudges holds us back from walking in faith. Unforgiveness makes faith unwork. Why? Ready for the train of thought? Ready? All right, let's put on the... um, What's the first one called? The engine? Let's put on the engine. Unforgiveness towards others reveals a lack of trust in God. Hold on. Ready? Unforgiveness towards others actually reveals in me a lack of my trust in God because when I don't forgive others, I literally believe I can handle my offenders better than God can handle them. Can I, you mean you back up? All right, let me back up. Uh, <laughs> unforgiveness towards others reveals a lack of trust in God because it make, it, it's like I actually believe I can handle my offenders better than God can handle them if I just release them to him. And listen, we, we go, wow, but we do it. We do it. Well, I just, I'm having a real hard time forgiving. Well, you're going to have a real hard time with faith. Because if I trust God, I actually believe he can handle that person and what they did to me better than I can handle it. He can handle that offensive comment better than I can handle it if I just release them to him. See, this is part of faith. Forgiving people actually reveals trust in God. How many of us know God can handle people a little better than we can? Ready for the next? Let's let's hitch on uh, another uh, car. When we don't forgive others, 
we close our soul to God's forgiveness for us. Jesus said that. It's not because God doesn't want to forgive. It's not because God, God already forgave us in Christ. Yeah? But Jesus taught, and this isn't the only time he said it, when I choose not to forgive others, I choose to close myself off to God's forgiveness for me. Well, that's not the way I want it to. I want to be forgiven even though I don't want to forgive. Sorry. Doesn't work. When I hold grudges against others, listen, this, we need to be set free. When I hold a grudge against somebody else, I'm holding my own grudges that God could have against me between me and him. Could, could you see that? God doesn't hold grudges, but he has plenty of reasons why to. Hello? And so when I choose, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to release people to you. I'm going to hold this grudge. I'm not going to forgive. What I'm doing is I'm taking my own offenses, my own sins, my own faults, and I'm placing almost like a grudge between God and me. But it's not on God. It's on me. So when we don't forgive others, we actually close our soul. Now, it's about to get even better. Because when, when you don't feel forgiven, this is, we're hitching on another one. Ready? Another car. Here's the next thought. When I don't feel forgiven, I can't practice faith because I feel ashamed to ask God for anything. Right? Let's get real and raw. Have you ever done something and then for the next three days you don't feel like praying? Because you don't, you don't feel forgiven and you don't think like that you have the right to ask him for anything? Your pastor's been there. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's one of the worst things. It's one of the worst blockages of faith when you don't even feel confident enough to ask him. Because you don't feel forgiven. Because your soul's closed up to his forgiveness because you're holding a grudge against someone else. See, when we don't feel forgiven, we can't successfully practice faith. If I don't feel forgiven, I'll feel ashamed and I won't be confident that he hears me. Now, we think of God this way, right? When someone's holding a grudge against you and you try to talk to them, what do, what do we get sometimes? When you're holding a grudge against somebody else. And they try to talk to you. It's so awkward, right? It's like you know that, this, that we, we, we're not okay. I'm just trying to act like it, right? Hello? And we act like that towards God all the time. We try to sidestep it, and it gets real awkward. And you feel like your prayers are just echo, 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 echo. It's like, like nothing's happening. Nothing's going anywhere. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I know the word says he hears me, but I don't feel like he hears me. So what, a lot of times what we do, I know that I've done it, is I just don't ask. <laughs> I just don't ask because I don't, I don't, I'm not confident that he's even listening to me right now. Everybody all right? 
before I ask, God, before I wask, right? And believe I'm actually receiving, I've got to believe God hears me. If I don't, if I'm not sure I'm forgiven, I won't be confident that he hears me. Yes? So that just literally just stops faith in its tracks. Because we can receive nothing from God if we don't believe he hears us. And we believe we receive what we ask for. Right? And Jesus said we can receive anything if we pray and believe we receive. But if I don't, if I'm not confident enough that he hears me to ask him and believe I receive it, faith is done for the moment. It's blocked. This is why people say, I know it's a cliche, but it's true. Forgiveness is not really for the person you're forgiving. It's mainly for you. It's really so that your prayers can be full of faith. It's really so that our, pray, our faith can work. So, by faith, we can move mountains. I mean, Jesus said that. By our faith can move big stuff. Our faith can produce big results. By faith, we can receive any, Jesus said we can receive anything from God by faith, right? But first, what? Forgive. Because number two, if, if faith, number one, uh, unforgiveness undermines, faith fortifies our faith. Our, sorry, forgiveness fortifies our faith. Come on, say, unforgiveness undermines Forgiveness fortifies. Another way to say that is forgiveness strengthens our faith. If unforgiveness weakens, forgiveness strengthens our faith. Unforgiveness or holding grudges makes our faith not work. And forgiveness makes our faith work. Right? Now, let's go to the second train of thought. Ready? The more I forgive others the more I experience forgiveness for myself. Yes? Because I've opened my soul up to the Father's forgiveness. I feel like we need to say that with our own lips. The more I forgive others, the more I experience forgiveness. Okay? Okay? The more I experience forgiveness, the more confident I am that God hears me. Yes? When you feel forget, when you know you're forgiven, you know God hears you. It's not a problem. The awkwardness is gone. I've been in both of these situations. There are times I, I don't, I'm not... Yeah, I don't necessarily think he's hearing me. There are other times I know he's hearing me. Why? Because I'm forgiven. 
If you don't know what it means to be forgiven, today you've got to know. You've gotta, you, you need to receive forgiveness for yourself. Because only when we actually feel forgiven can we have that confidence that God hears us. Okay? And the more I know God hears me, the bolder I get in my asking seeking and knocking it's like settling in the room in our hearts this is so simple then say it's easy it's very very simple when I forgive other people And release them, my faith gets stronger. It releases me to actually walk in faith. We've got, we've really got to embrace this connection, y'all. Again, there's no, there's no going around it. You can't be a man or woman of great faith unless you walk in the knowledge that you're forgiven. And you can't walk in the experience of being forgiven if you're holding grudges and, un, and not forgiving others. It's, it's so simple. I guess we could say faith, uh, sorry, forgiveness keeps our faith actually flowing. Rather than, ooh, it's working today. Ooh, it's not working today. Ooh, I made it downtown in 30 minutes. Ooh, I'm never making it downtown. The road is totally blocked, right? If we walk in forgiveness, we can Walk in faith. If we forgive today, we can have faith today. But if we don't forgive tomorrow, we won't have faith tomorrow. And I want my faith to actually flow. I want to have faith today and bigger faith tomorrow and bigger faith on Tuesday and bigger faith on Wednesday. But forgiveness is what keeps it flowing. I guess forgiveness gets rid of faith traffic jams. (laughs) The question is, today, ask yourself, is my faith frustrated? That's what frustration basically is the opposite of flow. When something flows, it just flows, just goes and keeps on going and keeps on going. When, we're, when, when something gets frustrated, it gets all jammed up. It's hard to keep going. Does your faith seem to be flowing or does it seem to be stuck or blocked or just downright ineffective? I want to challenge you right now. Search your heart. 
In fact, ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart for grudges, for offenses that you've not let go of, for things that you're holding over the heads of others. Because an unoffendable heart sets us up for an unlimited faith. And let me, let me just address this. this I, I, I'm done, but I really just feel the Holy Spirit almost like prophetically speaking this. There's a lot of really awful things going on in our world right now. Going on in our nation. Going on in society and culture. And do you know where most of it comes from? A spirit of offense. We're so offendable. It's almost like we're looking for ways to be offended. And I wish I could say that Christians were better. But sometimes... Listen, listen, just hear me out. Offendability is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, kindness, even to people who are different, even to people who are mean. <laughs> Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, like God. Like God. Like God is good to the good and the bad. Right? Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But when I get offended, we have uprooted the tree of the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> I really didn't plan on going this way. But I really, really, really believe, one... Let's, if, if your faith seems stuck or blocked or, or simply ineffective, it's a good idea to search your heart for unforgiveness. It's a good idea to search your heart for grudges that most of the time is the blockage. Especially, listen, especially if you've understood how faith works. Sometimes our faith isn't working because we don't know how it works, but we've been learning how it works, Right? So if you know how it works, if you know, if you, you got to know the will of God, you got to ask, you got to seek, you got to knock, right? You got to be looking for the answer. You got to believe you received. You got to be persistent. You know, this, we, we know how it works, but if you already know how it works, but it's not working, <laughs> or it works for one, one day or for one week, and the next week it's like, I don't know what happened to my faith. If there seem to be occasional blockages, search your heart for grudges. You know, Jesus basically said this, forgive everyone 
every time, all the time. Forgive everyone, every time, all the time. And if we do that, we are free to have an unlimited faith. But that does not go with the spirit of the age. The spirit of our age. It's, it's not even I'm offended. It's I am entitled to be offended. I am entitled for you to treat me right. And when you don't, I am entitled to be offended and express myself. Now listen, the problem is Jesus himself said offenses are inevitable. There's no way not to be offended. We're going to be offended. There are people that will always, you will offend people too. That's not the point. The point is, am I offendable? The point is not if you will offend me or not. The point is, do I allow myself to be offended? time to be delivered from the offendable spirit the offended spirit listen if you find yourself very regularly just being offended by people people aren't the problem you are if I find myself regularly being offended by other people other people aren't the problem I am Not because people aren't ugly and offensive, but because I've allowed those people to control my soul. And only I'm supposed to control my soul. Only me, only I'm responsible for what goes on in my soul. They're not. You can cuss me up and down, left and right, inside and out. And I can either take it to heart or I can just Release it. <laughs> I'm going to end this with this nature analogy. Ducks. You ever seen a duck just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just get up and fly out of the water? I mean, he's totally soaking wet. I mean, you know what ducks do. They get in there and they, you know, getting all wet and taking it, you know. But a duck can immediately, I mean, they don't even need like, I mean, you just see all of a sudden you'll just see them moving. They take off like a jet plane. Why? Because water doesn't get stuck in their feathers. They have a special oil in their feathers that water just, beads up it's like Rain-X I, th I think that Rain-X got the idea from ducks okay seriously they had there's a special oil there's a special oil in their feathers 
that it just all just, it just slides right off. So they're never wet. They're, ne- they're wet, but they're not wet. It doesn't stick. We need to be like ducks. I mean, it seems amazing, almost impossible for ducks to do what they do, that they could just straight up. It's like moving a mountain, right? It's like doing something that looks like, whoa, but it's because they have nothing weighing them down. And this is what Jesus was trying to to get across to us. Faith, the practice of our faith, having effective faith, faith that actually works, is directly connected to how well we forgive. There's no way to not get wet. You will be hurt. You will be offended. People will say ugly things about you. People will have bad attitudes towards you. People will do bad things to you sometimes. Offenses are inevitable. You will get wet. But you don't have to let it in. We don't have to let it in. Jesus said, love your enemies. How much more ought we love those who aren't our enemies that just mean sometimes? Do you want people to love you when you're mean? I do. I'm mean sometimes. I don't always say it the right way. Right? Come on, let's get real. I don't always have the right attitude. Try. But I, I, want, <laughs> I want people to love me anyway, even though sometimes I might offend you. Do you want people to love you even though you offend people sometimes? You've got to forgive them. And amazingly, that's part of how faith works. Your faith can only work if you know God hears you. And you can only know God hears you if you feel forgiven by God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.